Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, heck, get them up, get them going. It is Friday on E and Rod B. Hook them up. We got a lot to do. The NFL season is open. Surprise party in Kansas City last night. The Detroit Lions roll in and uh, take the season opener against a uh, mistake-prone Chiefs team that uh, couldn't catch the ball last night. Also playing without their two two of their best players. We'll dive into uh, how the season opened in the NFL, all the intrigue and conversation. Also, look forward to the uh, four, first full slate of Sunday football. Obviously, looking at college football as well. Texas now one day away to the road tilt, the uh, showdown game with Alabama. We've got full coverage and full conversation of that one to get you ready for the Longhorns and Crimson Tide here from Steve Sarkeesian, who addressed the uh, state of the team ahead of a, uh, after yesterday's practice uh, here from Sark throughout the course of the morning as we get this thing cranked up. And if it's Friday on Ian Rod B., what does that make that, Rod Babers? It means it's a uh, freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it, Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. That's right, that's right. Get them fired up. It is uh, probably no need for that. It's a burnt mm-hmm. orange Friday. It's a free fall, uh, football Friday. And he is uh, our shutdown corner on the other side of the desk, holding down his side of the field in the show. Five hours a day, five days a week, Austin's only. Local morning sports conversation. However you find us, we appreciate you doing it. 1019 AM 1260. Stream it. Probably the easiest way to find us right now is streaming on our Horn app. Download that to your phone and you're listening to us with a touch of a button five hours a day. Also uh, on the uh, the Twitch channel there at hornfm.com, our YouTube channel growing by the day, and we appreciate that. That is at the Horn Austin on YouTube. You can subscribe there anytime you need to and get this going. He is from DB High in the 713, DBU in the 512, four stops in uh, different NFL zip codes, the lifetime Longhorn, the football theorist, or 21 in your program, but always number one in your heart. What's up there, Rod Babers? I appreciate the intro, brother. Feeling good on a Friday, and yeah, it's like one more day closer to Texas, Alabama, which we'll talk a ton about today, previewing Texas, Bama. Also going to hear from Sark, because Sark met with the media yesterday with a media availability, so we'll have that audio. Uh, and of course, we got NFL to discuss, previewing the Cowboys, previewing the Texans. We'll talk about last night. The uh, the Hey, and I'm, a D- I'm one of the few Detroit Lions fans in the ATX. Ain't many of us. I know all of them. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like twelve of us, twelve of us in all of Austin, Texas. <laughs> Man, uh, Chip Brown's one of them. Yeah, Chip. <laughs> Fancy boots. Chip's he's a, one of them Chip, too. Chip's a long-suffering Lions fan. <laughs> oh, ain't many of us. I played for the well, Lions. Ain't many of us. So uh, we're celebrating today. Yeah, Have a good time. Good buddy of mine lives yeah. in the neighborhood. Matt, he's from he's he's a huge, he's one too. huge Lions fan. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, You'll see him today. I, I, I went by his house last night and hung out for a minute in the fourth in the first <laughs> quarter when it was seven nothing. Then when the uh, the Chiefs took the lead right before the half, I'm like, I'm going home. Right. I'm going home. So <laughs> you like, thought, hey, you know what? I think we all thought, oh, you know what? Chiefs will separate here. But uh, like you said, couldn't catch the damn ball. Uh, we'll get into that. Darius Tony did not have a good night. Kadarius Tony had one of the worst nights I think I've ever seen for a receiver. <laughs> that was, that was a ter- It was a no it's good, like horrible, shaving. very bad night for Kadarius Tony. Before we get into that, though, we always salute those who choose to serve in the morning. They're up early with us, so we appreciate them. Our society built on the selflessness of service, and uh, it is an honor, but also a burden. Uh, so we appreciate all those who choose to serve, whether it be God, country, or community. First responders, nurses, teachers, uh, officers of the law, waste management, 
Oh, yeah, we know a lot of folks out there serving. I can't name all. Take us the whole damn show to name all the folks who are uh, putting in the work and doing uh, doing God's work. So we appreciate you guys and salute all of you who choose to serve. Thank you very much. No doubt about that. And uh, uh, this says, woo, Ric Flair. This, oh, uh, man, do it. Just do it. Do I'm it, telling you, it. get up in the morning. You're feeling like, you know, you're dragging <laughs> a little bit, lethargic. Just give a Ric Flair woo when you get out of bed. I swear, your wife will hate you. Uh, but I swear it'll get your blood pumping. That's why I think that's where Ric Flair got it from. I mean, false enthusiasm, trust me, folks, it can go a long way. I mean, Kwame Cavill used to always say that. <laughs> False enthusiasm. False enthusiasm, man. Sometimes you just got to fake it. Just get fake up and fake it. it. And fake then you'll be you like, damn, it. actually, I faked it. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to make it. I fooled myself. <laughs> Psych myself out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that uh, your you're, you're, uh, your happiness each day is your choice, right? Ain't your, no doubt. The, uh, the mood you want to be in is your mood. Come you on, can man. Let, and if you let other people put you in a bad mood, then that's... that's, that's uh, they shouldn't have that I tell my wife that because I, okay, this random story. I won't even get deep into this. I know we got lots to get into. I, when I take my runs, I used to take them at a reasonable hour. Now they're at like four in the morning, like I'm some kind of psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there running and peeking. See people staring at me sometimes. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, but uh, as, when I used to run like in the day, I, you know, I'm running around my neighborhood. So I wave at all my neighbors. Like, I wave at people I see hey, in you? the neighborhood. Yeah, I just wave. I mean, I'm, I see them all the time. I'm running. And th- my wife thinks I'm crazy because some people don't wave back. She's like, why do you keep waving at these people who don't wave back at you? It makes no sense. You already know they're not going to wave back. I said, actually, I've won over a few people. Some people used to never wave at me. And then they're like, you know what? Nah, I wave at this guy. I see him all the time. Hey, what's going on, man? I said, you're right. Some people are stubborn and they never wave at me. But it's not about them. It's about my attitude. And the way I'm going to approach the world. I'm going to be welcoming. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to say hi to my neighbor. They don't have to say hi to me. It's a free country. You do whatever you want to do. But I'm going to still say hi. I mean, because that's me. That's my attitude. That's how I want to approach See, the world. That's why. That's it ain't got nothing to do with guy. that. That's yeah. why we roll with Rod Babers each yeah. morning because do with uh, positive attitude. That's good. Uh, now, a guy who maybe has a little less positive attitude sometimes. Your <laughs> guy Ty Henderson. What's up, Ty? How we What's feeling? Up? How feeling we good. feeling? <laughs> feeling good. It's a little tired. Not used to staying up on Thursday for 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 football. So uh, yeah, it's only about ten thirty. Yeah, no, you stayed up later than that. I know. As soon as I said that, I was like, "What am I saying?" I'm yeah, you like, like, oh, know. That's why I texted you late. And I was like, "I apologize for the late text." I was like, "What am I saying?" Ties up. Ties I was up. asleep. Were you really? The, yeah. Oh I, man, I, woke, yeah, See, so. I did. I'm glad I apologized for the late text. Good. Good. Should I? <laughs> glad yeah. I did. No, yeah. As soon as that game was over, I shut it down. I do want to thank our audience who helped me. I did get the. You got it. I got the peacock hooked up. My oh nice. Went to the. The store got all my stuff. Did get to see the game. I got that all locked in. It does look like I'm going to be a, a t- you know a ticket Sunday ticket hey. uh, partner with YouTube now. Rod. Congratulations! How did wife you take the news? Did she when you came home? You were, I know you had. Oh sorry. Oh 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 oh. No, she no she actually, oh, about to, actually helped me hook it up. So okay, no, I was about to say, <laughs> don't be doing that, e. Come no, on. No, we're good. We're good to go. That's a rookie mistake. We, we cut a deal. We cut uh, a deal. So. Oh, that's what, what marriage is. Yeah, cut a deal. Cutting deals, man. Cutting Compromise. Deals. Cutting deals. <laughs> yeah. No, we're good to go. We're good to go. What a weekend it's going to be. The be uh, awesome, brother. The full force of football is back with uh, high school, college, now pro. And let's talk about. Let's get you caught up on the news of the morning as we do in the first three hours of our five. Make sure you're fully aware as you're up and out. Top Gun Equipment Rentals, Lawn Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Uh, also, 
lawn and equipment sales as well at uh, Top Gun. Ahead of uh, Saturday's road tilt against third-ranked Alabama. Apparently you've heard the Longhorns are playing the Crimson Tide this Saturday night. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian addressed the state of his 11th-ranked Longhorns during a Thursday media availability. Sark says he's been pleased with his team's week of practice. It included two very physical days, Tuesday and Wednesday. Been a bit lighter yesterday, but uh, an attention to detail practice yesterday morning. Sark also revealed the freshman running back C.J. Baxter has been a full participant this week. Will be a big part of the game plan offensively tomorrow. Uh, it is a game that Sark believes is absolutely a barometer of where his team and the program are. Uh, I'm looking at this game as a, you know, kind of a, a benchmark. Where are we? You know, where are we? You know, we've 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 made a lot of strides, and um, we've come a long way. And I think last year's game served as a good benchmark, and I think it helped us help you know instill some confidence in some players on our team of what they were capable of. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go in here Saturday night and. The goal is they get our best shot, and I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get their best shot. All right, get uh, best shot starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Our pregame coverage will be live tomorrow afternoon, 3.30. We go live from the Fieldhouse at the Crossroad over in uh, Cedar Park. Come on out and join us. be a great time, great place, and great spot to watch the game. NFL, how about those Detroit Lions? They marched into Arrowhead last night and upset the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs 21-20 in the season opener for 2023. Chiefs were without their all-pro tight end Travis Kelsey uh, and their best defensive player, defensive tackle Chris Jones, who's locked in that contract holdout. He was up in a suite watching his teammates. Uh, the upstart Lions took full advantage. They took the early lead on a Jared Goff to a Monroe St. Brown touchdown pass in the first quarter. KC responded with a pair of Patrick Mahomes TD strikes. Uh, they took a 14-7 half lead into the half. Game swung back. The Lions way in the third quarter when a perfect Mahomes pass to Canarius Tony bounced off his hands and was snagged by rookie Brian Branch. He took it to the house for a pick six. Then a pair of KC field goals, but it was Detroit running back David Montgomery's eight-yard touchdown run with 7-11 remaining, uh, and they held on there defensively for the 21-20 win for head coach Dan Campbell, who was asked afterwards what he learned about his team. I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew, and this is a resilient team. Uh, it already was a resilient team, and we added pieces to that resilient team. So um, we're built to handle some, some stuff, and, uh, and we did that today against a very good opponent. Ahead of their season opener with Cleveland this Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals and quarterback Joe Burrow have agreed to a new five-year mega contract, $275 million the total, 219 guaranteed. Deal makes the 26-year-old the highest-paid player in the NFL. Full slate of NFL season openers coming up on Sunday. That includes the Houston Texans in the uh, D'Amico Ryans-era debut. They'll be in Baltimore to face the Ravens. Cowboys open their 2023 season Sunday night at the New York Giants. Thursday night, high school football. Good one up at Gupton Stadium. Cedar Park scored late and then stopped Round Rock with less than a minute to secure a 28-24 win. Hayes top Cedar Creek, Hendrickson beat McNeil, Rouse outlasted Glenn, and Wimberley improved to 3-0 with a win over Brock um, up there in, in Belton. Friday night, high school football on the horn tonight. Vandergrift, the Vipers, off to a dominating 2-0 start. They're going to travel to the campus of Mary Hart and Baylor in Belton to face Waco Midway. That game will kick at 7 tonight here on the horn. Also tonight, top-ranked Westlake faces Aikens. Lake Travis faces and hosts Buta Johnson. Austin High meets Anderson. Bowie meets Del Valley at Burger Center. And in a real good one in Williamson County, Liberty Hill is at Georgetown. Light night in baseball, Astros and Rangers both off. Second place Mariners did post a win at Tampa, one nothing. Round Rock talent rallied to top El Paso. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right. I thought yesterday, or last night anyway, was um, I thought it was very interesting. Remember I, I said I, I wanted to see Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey. 
without we, Chris Jones, right? I wanted to watch Patrick Mahomes, who's the best football player on the planet at the quarterback position. I wanted to see him without his favorite weapon and the best tight end of all time, potentially, <laughs> and Travis Kelsey, all right, with a just a no-name group of wide receivers. Not saying totally no-name, but mm, pretty much no-name, all right, unless you're just a fantasy, yeah, fantasy freak like a lot of you out there are. Um, and without Chris Jones, who by all stats, statistical measures, is the second best defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald in the league. And they came up one point shy. <laughs> um, so, and if I'll say if Kadarius Tony catches, I don't know, two of his four drops, how many drops did he have? I believe it was four drops that he had in the game. Well, he, he was a net negative rod. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, if you had the plus minus like you do in the NBA, <laughs> he, was a, he was a minus in a big way because they, they targeted him five times. He caught one ball for one yard. I want to say three he of them were drops. How well, many drops did they say? Three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. One, one turned into seven points. One, exactly. One, exactly. One and turned another directly one, into seven Another one when they're trying to mount, I mean, trying to go down and win the game, he dropped a a pass that was right in his hands that would have been a big play that could have jump-started maybe a field goal drive to win it. Or, you know, remember, because they had – he was wide open right there. All they needed to go down and do and get – that touchdown for Dave Montgomery came with seven minutes to go. They had plenty of time to go win the ball game. Uh, they just couldn't execute. And you're right, we got to see Mahomes without his favorite target, and he doesn't have a favorite target without Travis Kelsey. That's pretty clear. No, it's it, – well, just – I think that's the lesson even the Kansas City Chiefs need to learn. There are limits, right? He is – he, he has the best start to an NFL career we've ever seen. And even in that game, honestly, like you said, if Kadarius Tony catches one of those three drops, okay, think about when the drops were. One drop returned for a pick six, as he said. Uh, then another drop w- was wide open on third down to keep a drive alive. So he killed the drive with that, with that drop. And then another drop was when they were in, to get in field goal range. Yep. <laughs> so basically all the drops either took points off the board, you know what I mean, or gave points directly to the other team. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, you end up with one reception for it. One receiving yard, I mean. Well, and they, he had one, he had five targets, one, oh. one catch with one yard, and he also had a run for negative yards. So, yeah, again, net negative. <laughs> uh, and he missed most of training camp, and he wanted to play, and he's, he's going to be a favorite target of Patrick Mahomes, maybe. maybe. Mahomes afterwards he was said, open. I still trust him. And, uh, yeah, cause you get, that's the other part, right? Guys like Sky Moore. If you started Sky Moore in your fantasy league, that wasn't a good idea because mm. you were because you know anyway everybody was looking for the guy to start if you're if you're playing fantasy football, Rod that that Mahomes was going to go to yeah, because you didn't up. have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's got somebody's got to take those targets. And, and early it was Rasheed Rice, the kid out of SMU. Look good. Uh, it was going okay. That's going to be well. No one had him on their team, but uh, either way, and Mahomes you know backed his guys afterwards. Says I still trust these guys. He knows it's a long season, but man, the the one he dropped before right at the end of the game. That would have set him up right about the thirty yard line, and, mm. and he might have still been running. Uh, just, just these killers, just killers. Yeah. So Mahomes ended up twenty one of thirty nine, so he was almost fifty percent completion, but so many drops. Uh, he also was their leading rusher by a lot. He ran, he he scampered six times for forty five yards. Isaiah Pacheco had eight carries for twenty three. Clyde edwards alaire six carries for twenty two. So they don't run the ball yeah, unless I, it's Mahomes on a scramble. And truth, Patrick Mahomes is in college. He was considered a dual threat quarterback. Yep. Not in the NFL. That's not really what he does. But he can't hurt you. Essentially, He's a smart when, when, he is a smart runner. And when he decides to run, it's really just a break, a tendency breaker or a change in pace because he does it so. It's, he does it so little that. Teams don't really game plan for it. There's no point in game playing for him as a runner. But he can hurt you. He's one of, I think it's five quarterbacks, I believe it is, that have um, rushed for at least 50 yards in consecutive playoff games in a single postseason NFL history. It's him, 
Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Steve McNair, and Otto Graham. Isn't that crazy? That but he, crazy. he breaks tendency, what, in big games, in the playoffs. That's when he's like, I oh, know what, I'm, my legs now will be a weapon. The Super Bowl on one leg, he, he essentially, yeah. that he broke that game open with, with yeah. his legs. Yeah. But yeah. He, he, only final way, drive. he well, saves it for the playoffs usually, but in this game, that's how desperate he was. So that's my point. That's how desperate he was. He usually does not run in the, in the regular season. He just saves it. Now he's like, man, I got I got no choice. I got yeah. nothing working for me. Well, I gotta, and he's <laughs> such a smart quarterback. He knows the coverages, and he, he reads it quickly, whether it's man or zone. And if, if he sees that there's no one on one side of the field, he'll just run for 15 yards, get a first down, uh, set the sticks, and then take advantage of it. But you're right. I mean, he's he was desperate last night. He, you know, they, they mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey probably could have played. Uh, same time as you said, and we talked about all week. Why why risk it if there's any instability in that knee? Why you got that a long week? This is week one of 17 long weeks. Uh, you got 10 days off now to mm-hmm. prepare for a Jacksonville game that's going to be very big he'll, now he'll for them. He'll play that game. For sure he will. Yeah, because sure after watching it, like, right, he'll play. And Chris Jones might get signed in that time frame, yeah. too. <laughs> all that might happen just because they— Chris Jones up in the suite hanging out, <laughs> watching his teammates. That was, he's, you know, he's, he's, got, dapping, and he's dapping fans. He's got to watch how he reacts to everything because, you know, he, he wants his team to win, but then when they get when Detroit makes some plays or Jerry Goff has too much time, he's like— Mm-hmm. They well, missed him if in the I was fourth in there, quarter. They did. Yeah, if I was in there. When that you, defense got tired. You could tell. That's when you needed that guy. When they started exactly. pounding David Montgomery up in there, yeah. Jameer Gibbs. He would have made a big difference in that game. He would have. They would have They would have won that game if they had either Kelsey or Chris Jones. Or, one or the other. Or if Kadarius Tony wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Well, yeah, I mean, the pick six. Now, I'll say right, this. I'll, I, I'll grant you that, too. And, and look, we, you, you know, you and I both yesterday on our season predictions picked Detroit to win the NFC North. So, yeah. You know, it's not a huge surprise, but and they won. They went eight and two at the last ten last year and got better this off season. There's a reason people are picking them to win their division and be a playoff team, uh, and they showed it. They they're resilient. You heard Dan Campbell say it. Um, but yes, Kansas City. If they if if Tony doesn't play or, wow, or if Kelsey plays, they probably win the game. If Jones plays, they probably win the game. And KC is still going to be a good team. It's one win. It's one game out of uh, seventeen that they're sixteen. They're going to play this year. Sixteen more. Uh, and but give the Lions. Let's see, I said this yesterday. What if the Lions do sneak in there and steal a win? This is a great opportunity for them. This is one mm-hmm. of those wins that'll look be huge for them down the stretch. Guess that's just a game you're not expecting to win. Right, you're on the road at Kansas City uh, at any time. You, that's a that's a gimme. That's a you're playing with house money now. If you're Detroit, well, when Kelsey went victory. out, I think they state they, yeah. they figured, hey man, we got now we got a real chance. Now we got a real shot because he's missing his favorite. We don't. It makes your game plan so much easier. As a defensive coordinator, think about how much easier game plan is when you don't have the game plan for the most productive, potentially the greatest tight end in NFL history and the favorite target for the best QB in the NFL. Guys, that. Your job just got a, you just basically somebody gave you the answers to the test then. And you ain't it don't have a number one wide receiver. That's that's what you saw. And that the lesson is for all the, you know, for all the, you know, pump and circumstance and we talk about quarterbacks and how great they are, you still need weapons, man. You gotta have some weapons. Go get Mike Evans. They and you know what? That's another thing too. They may make a trade. They may look at this and go, guys. We and we not ready for a stretch run here. Even with these guys, if they get better every week, I don't know if they get they, they get to the point where we need them to be yeah. by the end of the season. Yeah, and you know, Patrick Mahomes is the he's the greatest quarterback in NFL history when he's at when he's at a deficit when he's down. That's the you a Texans fan like me, EC, you know this. Um, but let me give you a couple of stats. And that's why when he was down, I was thinking to myself, oh man, it's, it's a matter of time before Patrick Mahomes pulls off a miracle. He has a 58% win percentage in games where his team is losing by double digits at some point. 
almost which, 60%. Which is 20% higher than any other quarterback in NFL history. If you go look at, basically, you go look at the eight best offenses when playing from behind, when trailing in the last five years. T- number one is 2018 KC. Number two is 2019 KC. <laughs> number three is 2022 KC. Uh, hell, number six is 2020 KC. They are, all, they, they are great when they are from behind. That's when they're at their, actually at their most dangerous is when they are from behind. And they, that's why they, it's an accomplishment for the Detroit Lions because that's when you need to fear Patrick Mahomes. You go, even with Tom Brady, you go look at fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drive opportunities. Tom Brady, he, he, which is the GOAT, all right? Tom Brady is at around 48 to 50%, somewhere around there. Patrick Mahomes is above that. Patrick Holmes is at well, above look, 50, I mean, 55% at this point. Credit to the Lions. But not anymore before that game's home. But credit to the Lions, and everything you're saying is right on. Patrick Mahomes, there's no no one watched that game last night and said Patrick Mahomes isn't the greatest quarterback in our game. Uh, he still is, and if, if his if his player, Kadarius Toney, doesn't have an, a, a, an awful night, they still win this game without Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and Chris Jones. If he doesn't, you know, volleyball set one up to Brian Branch for a touchdown, free seven points, and then drop three key passes beyond that, they win the game, and they. So he just needed, even without the weapons you talked about, he just needed his guy help. to play okay. Just a little help, just yeah, just a little help, just a little help, y'all, <laughs> and, and we'll still win this game. They got a little too cute with their play calling. I agree with that, and but again, if they always do that. Though. Tony was the the that's, killer for them. That's Kansas City. You, you, you hate to single out one guy, but if it was one guy, if he if he doesn't play awful, they still win. <laughs> just they play still bad, win. not awful. Uh, but as for Detroit, that's a great win for them. They, they'll take that, and now they'll get 10 days off. They are the favorites, in my opinion, in the NFC North to win that division. Jared Goff looked pretty good. He has his, you know, he plays in spurts, kind of, it feels like, that offense. I, I do think Jameer Gibbs will get more involved in their offense as the he season will. goes. Yeah. David Montgomery was a nice pickup for them in the offseason from Chicago. Um, but and Amon Ross St. Brown's a really good player, uh, wide receiver. So they've got some nice pieces there, and they steal a win. I do think, what, I, I tweeted this last night, Rod, at the end of the half, uh, I still don't. Do, I disagree with Dan Campbell when he d- accepted a holding penalty when it would have been fourth down. I think the Chiefs would have punted the ball uh, because it was seven seven. Looked like the uh, the Chiefs were going to punt uh, because they they had, to me they got him off the field and they called a holding on uh, on Detroit or on Kansas City on the play and and it looked it was right about midfield and there about a minute to go in the half and uh, it was you know Dan Campbell accepted the holding call and it backed it up to his third and seventeen. Uh, Patrick Mahomes then called a timeout. Uh, that's when I was over at my, my buddy's house, who's the Alliance fan. I was like, man, he should have not accepted that penalty. It would have been like fourth and two and a half, fourth and three. Mm-hmm. I think they would have punted. Looking at the down, it's 7 7, down, let's just punt this ball. Let's play to the half, and we get the ball coming out of half. We'll never know what Dan Cantwell or what Andy Reid's decision would have been. Might have gone for it. Either way, they come out of that timeout third and 17, and that's when Patrick Mahomes hit two big passes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and they, you know, they get the touchdown tough, right so. before yeah. the half. Uh, I, that, I that's where I thought Dan Campbell had lost this game. I was like, well, I, I, I would have not accepted that penalty, forced them to go for it on fourth down, maybe even get the ball back. Instead, they go down 14-7, and knowing the Chiefs were going to come out with the ball because mm-hmm. they, 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 they were getting the ball coming out of the second half, I thought that was going to be the separation in the game. But, but that's everything we pick. talked about. Pick they, six. They did. The pick six was, was the killer. Big. Yeah, it turned it, man. And so that's where I give the Lions credit. They they didn't uh, buckle to that. A lot of teams would have where they, they gave up that quick touchdown Right before the half, when it looked like they mm-hmm. were going to go to the half seven seven, 
and they knew the Chiefs were getting the ball coming out of the half. They did a great job of staying in that game, managing that game, and and you know let the let the Chiefs make their mistakes and you know steal a win. Good for them. Good night to go, Dan Campbell. Biting yeah. kneecaps and stuff. Yeah, Dan Campbell, and he's told you that, I mean, he's going to coach aggressively. Yeah. Uh, he's oh, going the fake punt fake early punt was early. huge. In your own territory like that, that was uh, that was ballsy. It took some testicular fortitude. Well, the Houston, Houston Texans fans are still mad at Bill O'Brien for a fake punt that he ran in the playoff game that started the comeback. If you remember that, that didn't work. Oh, against that, Patrick Mahomes? That didn't work. Because oh, normally you don't do that on the road against Kansas City because if it doesn't work, you get you get avalanched. 24 um, they did it. points. They had a 24-point lead in that game. Don't remind me. Don't remind 24 me. I want to be in a good mood. Happiness yeah. is a choice, Rod. You know, attitude is a choice. Yeah. I don't need you bringing up uh, Texans calamity. Well, that, we're going to talk <laughs> Texans. It's all related. I'll give you a random stat, though, about that. It's Ted Patrick Holmes related, then we can move on. Um, out of all the comebacks in the history of the NFL that were at least 23 points or more, that Kansas City Chiefs comeback against the oh. Texans was the only one in NFL history where the team who are, who's making the comeback actually led by halftime. Yeah, every, every other comeback, the team had to do it in the fourth quarter. They, it took them the rest of the game to come back from 23-plus points down against the Texans. They were up by halftime. It is the only one yeah, that, that, <laughs> of all of them. Yeah, I remember it. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was a collapse of all time. I said the word epic. calamity. It was a calamity oh, all, on display. Uh, hey, uh, good clock. game last night, though. An intriguing way and good TV show to start the NFL season. They're going to have about uh, what? Oh, a bunch of those. 15 man. more of those yeah. on oh, Sunday. Easy. And including the Cowboys at the Giants. We'll preview that game. Dak Prescott says he's uh, never been as comfortable as he, as he is right now in, in his spot in the offense. His weapons, yeah. uh, his, his hey. relationship with Mike McCarthy, yep. ready to crank it up. Text Coast. Text Coast offense is ready to crank up Sunday night. That'll be the next big primetime NFL game this Sunday night with the Cowboys and the Giants. We're looking forward to that. We'll preview it. Obviously, we'll go back into Longhorns, Alabama. Here from Steve Sarkeesian coming up behind the burnt orange curtain, uh, Texas. Uh, you heard Sark say it the headlines. Uh, a barometer game for them, a benchmark game. Where are they? They'll find out Saturday night. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain coming next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Also, I'll say this for the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, they went into last April's draft, Rod, looking for starting, starting position players to fill some holes to take them to the next level. And uh, if you watched the game last night, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, their tight end out of Iowa, another one of those Iowa tight ends. Jack mm. Campbell, the starting linebacker who made some big plays last night, and then Brian Branch had the pick six. All those guys were part of their draft class this past April and are all already making impact. Uh, and that's, you can, I mean, we, we, we talked about Detroit coming out of the draft. Clearly they were looking for, because when you take running back 12 and linebacker 18 in the first round, yeah. you're looking for starting players. I was going to say, you knew what you were looking for because those yes. are not considered premium positions. But you, not, that doesn't mean they're not good players. There but. were positions on your team that were premium for you right now, yes, right? that means what you wanted. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, a, a game breaker, a running back, a tight end to replace T.J. Hawkinson who you traded. Uh, to the to the Vikings, and then a safety and a linebacker to help bolster your defense. They also picked up C.J. Gardner-Johnson at safety, who's uh, helped to lock them up in the back end and become the leader of their defense. So they're going to be a fun team to watch this year, no doubt about it. And kind of like the Longhorns will be wearing tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa, those icy white road uniforms are sharp. Looking clean out there. Looking clean. Looking Mm -hmm. clean against the Chiefs. And it looks similar on on Saturday night. Longhorns will have the burnt orange, not the baby blue, but uh, the red jerseys and the white Icy hot road unis for Texas tomorrow night at Alabama. We're looking forward to it. Uh, by the way, if you missed our conversation yesterday, 
Uh, at about eight o'clock, we talked to uh, Travis Ryer from uh, uh, Bama Online. Uh, he was really good. So go back and find that if you're looking for intel on on uh, on Alabama. But what I took from that conversation, Rod, is it's just like, just like Texas has question marks about their offensive line, their quarterback. How's he going to rise up in these big moments? So does Alabama, right? They're not sure about Jalen Milrow. Yep. Uh, they're not sure how he's going to handle a defense like Texas. They saw him against Middle Tennessee, and he was fine, but they didn't have him do too much in the passing game, just uh, mostly running the ball. So uh, uh, also for, for Alabama, keep an eye on their, their two safeties that are banged up, Malachi Moore and Jalen Key. Those two guys, and when you combine those two potential, you know, Nick Saban has called them day-to-day, mm-hmm. not sure. Those are two veteran players in their back end. They also start a kid named Caleb Downs, who's a huge talent, but he's a true freshman. You know, yeah. true freshman typically play Five better. Star, good player, really good player. But you, you know, you know this, Rod. They typically gonna play better when they're back there with some veteran guys, right? Mm-hmm. Who can kind of guide them and hey, be, be, this is where you need to be. That kind of stuff. They may not be there. Well, so and that, he's probably being cross trained right now because of the depth sure. issues. They're probably moving him around a little bit, which also is for a freshman, as you point out, can have his head spinning a little. Yeah. So why don't you? Why don't you, if you're if you're a Sark, you want to exas- exacerbate that, <laughs> right? That confusion yeah. for that young player, and why don't you try to target him in the game? Now he's, he is talented. He's got a talented family too. I want to say his, I want to say his uncle is Dre Bly, his brother is Josh Downs, and his dad was an NFL running back good, too. Good bloodlines. That's what Jerry Hamilton told us about his dad. So yeah, he's got really good bloodlines. But really I'm with talented. you. I agree with you on that. And they got a freshman left tackle. They do. So I, I'll take what you said and also apply it to the freshman left tackle. I was talking to Coach Brian Irwin over on, on Texas football, and he was like, man, offensive lines, they just struggle early in the season. That's just been his experience because they take a time to get their continuity down. You know, they want to have a hive mind all on the same page. You know, it takes some some reps, some time to, 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 get, to get on the same page and to have that continuity, that unspoken, nonverbal communication amongst linemen. And a lot of times you're adding new guys to the mix and you don't have so many returning starters. So for Texas, that was the case in game one even for Alabama Alabama fans say that their old line struggled a little bit versus middle Tennessee State in game one so if you're if you're Texas I would use that and I would probably try to go after that freshman left tackle a little bit and confuse their old line since you know their communication also may be a problem like yours was no question yeah and as uh, Travis Ryer told us yesterday when they started camp Alabama had eight or nine defensive backs who they felt really good about to coming into this week if if Malachi Moore and Jalen Key are going to be doubtful uh, they're down to three. They're down to three safeties. Uh, Devontae Smith Jr. or Devontae Smith is also another not not the Devontae Smith, the receiver. He's also <laughs> a safety there. Uh, he's out. So they're thin in the back end. And Texas, of course, one of their strengths is their receiving core. So mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for Sark to attack that potentially and maybe catch a break. And that, like, that's what the Lions had to do last night, right? Take advantage of the Chiefs missing two key players, their two best players, not named Patrick Mahomes, and then have one guy have a really bad night in Kadarius Tony, and you steal a win. That's what the Longhorns are going to try to do tomorrow night because it doesn't happen often. Too. Go, go after the safeties and the linebackers in coverage. Stay away from the corners because the corners are the rock-solid ones, right? Just your All-American Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, I believe Terry and Arnold, this and other. Both of those guys returned from last year. So you don't even have to worry about going after those guys. There's so many targets now just based on the vulnerability for that uh, defense based on injury and other stuff. I'd go after safeties, uh, I'd go after dime, nickelbacks, and I'd go after linebackers. That's a lot of places to target if you're a Sark to, right. to exploit. Well, and you know that Nick Saban has watched the film. He's going to target the Texas interior O-line uh, and see if they're ready to handle. That's the chess match, baby. They're, they're ready to handle <laughs> Which one's uh, going to collapse first? <laughs> and, and those ghost fronts, as you call them. With that in mind, let's get more on the Longhorns and Bama. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain with RB. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain. 
All right, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, he seemed like he had his game face on. Uh, he did a uh, media availability, and I believe it was um, I believe it was like a conference call media availability. I don't think he was actually physically with the media. Uh, but we do have the audio, um, and here's just Sark making his opening statement about the uh, Texas-Bama week for the Longhorns. You know, first of all, I'd just like to talk a little bit about the week of preparation uh, with our team and um, – you know, last week I I thought we had a good week of preparation and felt good about it. Um, but our players always seem to go to another level and and take me to a space of wow they 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 have more in there. And I thought these four days of practice this week have been really good. Uh, I thought the intensity's been great. The mental intensity has been 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 on point. Um, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays for us are always you know tough physical hard practices. Um, and then Thursday today, what I, what I liked is thinking back to last Thursday was, you know, we were really dialed in today on the details. And I think that that's, that's what it's going to take, you know, and, and I think back to last Thursday and we were a little spotty and then inevitably in the ball game, we were a little spotty with some of our details that, that, that hurt us at times. And so uh, I'm really encouraged today knowing that, man, we had some hard physical practices on Tuesday and Wednesday, we were really dialed in from an execution standpoint today um, because we know that that's what it's going to take in this ball game. You know, we're, we're playing a hard nosed, tough, you know, physical football team, um, but yet extremely well coached. And so those details are going to matter uh, in this game in all three phases. Uh, all right. That's Sark talking about the details um, in this next cut. He's actually uh, getting into um Talking about the running game, as they, he's asked about C.J. Baxter, number one, and his availability. Uh, but then he's asked about uh, the, the offensive line and kind of the running game. And I think that's going to be huge on both sides of the ball. My, my prediction is I don't know if either side, Bama offense or the Texas offense, is going to be able to run the ball in a tr- with a traditional run game. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Just heading off the ball to a running back. I think Texas' run defense is really stout, and Bama's got some big bodies in the interior, uh, and they're fast enough where it's hard to run to the perimeter too, but we'll see how Texas tries to fix that. Here is Sark talking about C.J. Baxter um, and also uh, the the, uh, Texas offensive line in the run game. C.J. looked great. Um, Fired up for him to go go cut it loose here Saturday. Um, You know, Everything first time for him, obviously, uh, but I I don't have any reason to 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 not think he's going to go out and just perform and go play. You know, everything about him, he's a very even keel guy. Um, you know, he's he's diligent in his approach to wanting to do things the right way. He's a physical player, um, so in the end, uh, my, you know, my anticipation he's going to play. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of a of a transition maybe early in the game from the speed of the game and the physicality of the game and, and obviously the environment, but I'm, I'm not, not really concerned about him, you know, performing, you know, that, because that's just who he's been throughout his time with us. And that's going to be important because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know which one of these running backs is going to end up being, you know, the, the running back that can be featured in this game last game because of the injury to to, to CJ Baxter and, um, you know, basically Jaden Blue ended up with being kind of a uh, 
kind of a marquee featured back in the running game. I think it's going to be a stable of backs, and I wonder if Sark now knows the roles of each of those backs and what who they, what they're going to play, what role they're going to play in the running game. Yeah, I think the uncertainty I think comes you know C.J. Baxter ripped off that thirty plus yard run, and that's when he got hurt. Yep, it kind of felt like he was about to become that that run game for Texas, and then all of a sudden he was unavailable, and then you start thinking, well, you know, we're Let's not get let's not get Jonathan Brooks hurt in this game either. So we need running backs, and and then Jaden Blue became kind of the feature guy. So maybe maybe you know threw off their plans. I agree with you about the traditional run trouble for both sides. We saw the Texas D line dominate, mm. and they're going to be among the best in the country. And then you look over at uh, at Alabama. I mean, you look they they put three hundred pounders on their D line, right? It's Just a three four defense, and mm-hmm. the, all three guys up front go go three hundred. Um, so they're going to be stout there. And then they've got Braswell and Dallas Turner and those guys that come down and crash the box and. Uh, that's going to be a problem, but you, you know, you, 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 but you still have to keep doing it. I believe if you're Texas, no, of you, course, you have to you know, don't give up on it just because it's not working early, right? C.J. Baxter would be a guy. We talk about this game's going to be decided into the fourth quarter, right? And to me, what happens in the first, second, third quarter, sure they're they're important to the game, but it, for Texas, it's to, it's to prove that you can execute in the fourth quarter. Uh, of a big game because they haven't been able to under Sark. That's going to be the challenge, and that's when a guy like C.J. Baxter could become a real factor for Texas. Not early, but maybe late in the game at six one and two twenty, being able to pound it up in there when everybody's got a little little fatigue to them because they played three and a half quarters of football. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. You got to run it just to 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 continue to have balance within the offense. You have to run the football, but I think it's going to end up being largely ceremonial, sure, and symbolic. I don't know if you're going to be breaking a lot of runs. I don't know if you're going to consistently be getting a lot of yards, but you're right. In the fourth quarter, that's when it matters because that's when it'll add up and it'll take a toll on that defensive front for Alabama. If this all, this run game is going to be able to, you know, break break one or two or three in the fourth quarter late, it's going to be because of the offensive line. Uh, Sark was asked about uh, DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson and the health of both of those guys and uh, the rotation. Here's what Sark had to say. Uh, he's great. Uh, uh, DJ practice this week and and really you know got better and better as the week went on. Um, Cole Hudson's back healthy and yes, he'll he'll be playing as well here Saturday. There you go. All right, and uh, the next cut is is a pretty short one, too. It's Sark being asked about whether the O-line is going to be ready because that's the challenge, right? Sark talks about com- the, the comparison. Basically, this is a way to measure where the program is and the progress of the program. Um, well, he's about big humans, and Texas has got a lot of big humans on the O-line. This will be the ultimate test. Like you said, they got 300-pounders <laughs> to counter that on the defensive line for, uh, for Alabama. Here's what Sark had to say when he was asked, is the, is the O-line ready? Well, it was pretty intense this week. So if, if uh, practice, if the game's anything like practice, we'll, we'll be okay. It was pretty intense. All right. You said they, they, well, they and were that intense look, at practice. Right. And that's coming off the rice game. That, that's a luxury for, for Steve Sarkeesian is he can throw his D-line at, you know, go one-on-one here, 1v1, good on good, and find out, right? Because uh, if you can handle your own line, you should be okay, right? If you can at least stalemate and be able to mm-hmm. uh, hold up against your own defensive front, you know, I think Texas' defensive front is actually more talented than Alabama's right now. Because uh, I think Jaheim Otis, the sophomore, is going to be a good player for Alabama. Uh, but he's not Byron Murphy. You know, he's not uh, Tavondre Sweat at 360 pounds right now. He's a good player. Um, you know, t- Tim Keenan right there in the nose tackle, uh, bogey at the, the other end. I would take Texas's defensive line versus Alabama's right now. And you can throw that at your own O-line and test them. Let's see what you got, okay. guys. That's and that's point. where I think he's talking about – no, it got intense because you you said it on Monday when we saw Sark a little bit surly at the press conference. Mm-hmm. He was not happy with his offensive line's performance no. against Rice, just like the fans weren't. Yeah, and he saw the film and said, "Guys, come on." Now. He, he he basically, I think he was upset because he's like, "Guys, yeah, I know I didn't give you a schematic advantage 
I, or tactical or strategic advantage we were because we were being vanilla. vanilla. Yeah. Um, but I expect you to go out there and impose your will and maul rice. Yeah. Okay. Like without the, well, you should be able to do that without the strategic schematic advantage. You just go out there and just maul them and continue to push them off the line of scrimmage. Can we do that? And they did it in the second half, but. You know, they needed Texas to adjust in the second half to do it. They didn't just do it. Sark started, you know, changing the passing game, going with a short, intermediate passing game. Then Rice adjusted to that. Then you got the running game going. And so they did actually get the strategic advantage in the second half. And he didn't want that. He wanted to just see if they can just line up as vanilla as it gets, even if Rice kind of knows what's going to happen and they can't stop it because they're Rice. They're right, and they, and they, they did stop it. And, and they, they had, did they had, stop they had it. Miscommunicate. <laughs> and, and if you go back and watch, I'm sure on, on the film, this is what Sark saw. On each play, it was like one guy who was missing his assignment. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, we have that's the, the details we're talking about yep, that he just heard him exactly say. Right. It, it, exactly right. You know, we had it well blocked right. in, in most spots, but then one guy uh, misses his block. This is the stuff that's going to get us beat in this game, uh, and it could be you, right? you got 11 guys. got to work it together. Don't let uh, it be you. Don't that, let should it be, be you. that should be a sign in How much do you? Don't let it be you. How much right. do you love your teammates, as you right. said? Hey, we come back. It's going to be uh, just the facts. There's some behind the burn orange curtain. We'll go behind it all morning long. Here from Sark, getting you ready for this game. It's Texas. It's Alabama. Uh, we'll also talk more about the game last night, Detroit and Kansas City. The Lions pull the stunner on the road. Uh, got a lot to do. Just the facts, though. Coming next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Yeah, Longhorns facing a uh, pretty enormous task tomorrow night. I know a lot of Longhorn fans are jumping on the airplanes and headed to the airport this morning to get up and get out and get to Tuscaloosa or wherever you're flying to. Uh, enjoy that trip. I know uh, I'll get you details coming up in our next hour, Rod. There's a big uh, Texas One Fun tailgate. They're going to have Pinkerton's Barbecue and uh, a, a, a good spot for Longhorn fans nice. to find when they get to Tuscaloosa for the tailgating tomorrow. But here's the uh, challenge they face in our What the Facts just the facts segment, Ron. Let's Here are it. the facts. Top five teams since 2019 on the road against top 15 opponents. 24 and three, the uh, home team wins. 24 of the last 27. Ooh, top that's five a good teams. Tep, top five teams, Ron, were 30 and one at home last year. The only one, Ohio State, losing to Michigan uh, in that uh, classic game or that big game at the end of November. And Alabama, as we've told you all week. 52-1 and one in their last 53 home games. 52-1. and one. The last home loss wow. was to Joe Burrow and LSU in 2019. If you're going to beat them, it's pretty clear. If you're going to beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa, your quarterback's got a ball out. That just goes four of the five since, what did you say, 2008 has it been? The quarterback ball, definitely balled out. The other was LSU's defense being elite now. Texas defense could be elite, and they could, you know, put Texas uh, in that category and then find a way to upset Bama with an elite defense, um, which, by the way, they're closer to that than they are to an elite performance by the quarterback. You ain't got to be a transcendent player like Johnny Manziel or Cam Newton or Joe Burrow, but you got to have a, a hell of a night. You got to have one of your like best Chad nights. Kelly at Ole Miss. Yes, you just got <laughs> to be on that night. You got to be in the zone that night and hopefully – Quinn uses in his own. Well, I will say this in, a, in a what the facts point. You know, the, the 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 you know we know Nick Saban's record against his former assistants, right? It's like twenty eight and two. Twenty eight and two, and only Jimbo Fisher and Kirby Smart have done it, right? Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. one of them that beat him is Jimbo Fisher. You wonder if Sark's offensive mind, you know, because a lot of times it's the defensive guys that leave 
the defensive coaches that leave for for Nick Saban and go become head coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin has done well against Saban offensively. We'll see if Sark can draw up a game plan. Because that's going to be the other thing. You need elite defense. You need your quarterback to play really well. And as you've pointed out all week long, you got a break tendency, and your coaches, you know, play calling and game plan has to be really on point in this game in that environment. Uh, Fifty-two and one in their last fifty-three home games. What you got in just the facts, Rod? Uh, we've been talking. Uh, Sam Laporta. You talked about him, the uh, the tight end for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, his five second round pick. His five receptions were the most for a rookie tight end in Week One since twenty nineteen. Jeez, when T.J. Hawkinson had six. Uh, but we just talked about the Iowa tight ends because I was curious. So I was like, man, these damn Iowa tight ends. They're everywhere. They've been done so many, so many of them. Okay, so they basically, you go look at it since uh, 2000, I guess you're going to go back. They've had eight tight ends in the NFL, either drafted or undrafted. Going back to Dallas Clark, Scott Chandler, uh, Tony Morky, George Kittle, Parker Heath, uh, Noah Funt. T.J. Hawkinson and then Sam Laporta. So yeah, he had the most uh, tight end. You tight end. You he had the most receptions. At least uh, Sam Laporta did for a rookie in Week One since T.J. Hawkinson, another Iowa tight end, uh, did it in 2019. So I went to look at the coaches. I was like, man, is there one coach who's putting out all these great tight ends and nobody's paying it's attention like, to this guy? No, it's been a lot. I was had six tight end coaches since 2000. How the hell? Do you keep putting out that type of tight end talent and developing a tight end talent like that? We've had so much turnover. Not so much. It's not a lot. I mean, that's 20-something years. But it's not just one guy who's figured it out. That's a culture of a program. Yeah, that's Kirk Ferentz, right? Right. And that's I, crazy. I, I heard Kirk Ferentz recently on the Rich Eisen show in the afternoon, and he said, no, it's just we ask a lot of our tight ends. We, it's a Man. big part of our offense, and the, so they get drilled and skilled in what they what the NFL is looking for out of their tight ends. And, yeah, George Kittle, high end. T.J. Hawkinson has got the big contract. Sam Laporte is going to be a real good player. That's what you look. I think Noah Fant's a good player, too. Yeah. Uh, Noah Fant's a good yeah, player. Iowa's offense is miserable Dreadful. every year. Well, because they, they, they rely so much on tight <laughs> Well, they don't have any receivers. They're running 13. Have you seen their quarterbacks? <laughs> They're running three tight I mean, ends out there. Like, it's oh. like go to Ohio State where all they do is produce receivers. Uh, <laughs> you know, those guys are all in the NFL, too, and they're more dynamic. Uh, real quick on a, what the facts. How about this? 40-plus million viewers of Spectrum. We have ESPN on Spectrum. This is what ESPN's running out this weekend. Oh, no. U.S. Open men's and women's final. Texas-Bama, college game day. Baylor-Utah, Auburn-California. Sunday NFL countdown, Sunday night baseball, and then the Bills Jets on Monday night. Sportsgasm, and you may not be able to see it. This is can you, that people are wondering if this is when Disney, Ooh, sorry, when Spectrum buckles a little bit because the, there are gonna be a lot of people jumping ship. I, I talked to a guy yesterday who jumped off of his Spectrum, said I'm done, and yeah. he went and got whatever a, a Sling TV or oh, something. He, he cut the cord. Cut the cord. Said, right. I'm out. Can't do it. Yeah, I'll oh, be missing my game. This may be the part of the dominoes that lead to Apple TV, <laughs> Apple being able to buy it for a way, discounted rate. I, I got to ask you all this, and we'll, we'll we'll pick it up on the other side. So at the U.S. Open last night, speaking of those finals, Coco Goff, the 19-year-old, she's into the final now. But during her match, it was suspended because of uh, climate protesters. Oh, and one of these jokers Mm-mm. glued his bare feet to the concrete. Oh, don't do it. Glued. Don't do it. So they couldn't get him out of his seat. Don't do it. You just rip his ass up. Oh, what do you do? do it. What do don't you do, do at it. that point? How'd they do? How'd they get him up? I don't know. <laughs> get a little spatula and get him out of there. <laughs> Chisel to concrete. To concrete. Oh, bare feet, dude. Come on, that guy's serious about his climate protest. Knucklehead. He, he's passionate about it. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, they had to the, glue his feet. Glue his feet to the ground. <laughs> All right, we're back. One hour in. Four more to go. Ian Rod B on a Friday. It's a football Friday.